Hi, hello. The name of my podcast is This Is How We Do Things in Texas. I'm Sammy Martinez. Good evening, Judge Henry Santana. I'd like to thank you for your time in helping us launch this podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your education, and past jobs. Sure, Sam. Um, I was born a long time ago. I I, uh, grew up born and raised here in Corpus Christi. I went to school here and graduated from Roy Miller High School. Uh, Went to college at Del Mar, and then I went to A&M, which used to be A&I years ago, in Kingsville. I got my bachelor's degree there, and I got my master's degree there. And then I went to the University of Houston and got my doctorate degree from the University of Houston. I married my wife, Noemi, who uh, passed away five years ago, Uh, but we had three daughters. One lives here, my eldest, Lisa, and my other daughters live in Austin, Gina, and Nikki lives in San Francisco. I did teach also, I failed to mention, at at the Naval Base uh, with Webster University. I taught to military officers, uh, management classes. I taught with Park College there also. And the other college I taught there was Embry-Riddle University. And so um, I taught school here in in Corpus at Miller High School, the same high school I graduated from. Uh, That was a little awkward. I was uh, meeting and working with teachers who were my teacher four years earlier. But I enjoyed teaching at Miller High School. Then I went to work at the central office, and I worked for the district for about 30 years. Uh, and then this opening became available. The judge retired. Uh, there were 13 applicants that applied for his position. Fortunately, I was elected and selected by our community via votes, and I became a judge back in uh, 1995. I've been a judge since then, which is almost 30 years. Uh, I've enjoyed being a judge, and it's been a great experience for me. I've had a good career. My life's been good to me, and I, I thank God for the goodness he's given me over the years. Why did you want to go from being a teacher to being a judge? You know, Sam, that is sort of a, I would say, comical question. Let me define what I mean by that. I began teaching at Miller High School, and... Uh, I was in church one Sunday, and uh, one of the members of the our church, this is uh, Lisa Oliver's mother, walked up to me and she said, you know, there's an opening for a judgeship at the courthouse. Why don't you apply? I said, what? She said, it's the justice of the peace. It's open. You can apply. You qualify for being a justice of the peace. I said to her, what is a justice of the peace? I've never heard of them. And in reflection, in my mind, I said, now I know for 29 years what a justice of the peace is. I've been doing it for a long time. But at that time, I didn't know, Sam. And so uh, I got interested. I looked it up, what they do, what role they play in our community, especially in the legal area and the, in the court area. And uh, I was not a known person in the in the community. And there were other strong candidates that were running that I, I thought, wait, me, this is just a waste of my time. But, you know, somehow other things happen, and uh, I won. So why did I uh, want to become a judge? It was just by accident. I, I, I didn't know what a judge 
did and what they were done until that one day, that one Sunday, right after church, uh, Lisa Oliver's mom came to me and told me, run for the judgeship. You'll be a good judge. Uh, and I did, and hopefully I've been a good judge over the years that I've been a judge. How long have you been a judge? Uh, I've been a judge now for, uh, let's see, uh, 29 years, going on 30 this coming year, and uh, I'm seriously thinking about retiring, but uh, it's been a great experience. I, I can't think of a moment that I didn't want to get out of bed some morning and not want to go to work. You know, I, every day has been a day I just get up and get ready because I look forward in, in doing my uh, job as a judge at the courthouse. What is the strangest case you've ever presided over? Oh, my goodness. I, I, you know, when you say that, it, I, it's just, just one that was really strange. It's a little funny, but it's a true story. One of the things that judges do at, at my level is that we hear evictions. That means people that uh, don't pay their rent must leave the property because rent has not been paid. One case I had that was unusual Two people came to court. One was the owner of a property, and the other was the person who was leasing the property. They had leased it for one year. They came to court because she wanted to get out of the lease and not be responsible for being there for a year. Because when you sign a lease, you sign it for a year, and you're going to be there for a year. Uh, she said she wanted to get out of that because there were ghosts in the house. Ghosts in the house and that he should have told her that there were ghosts in that house that she was leasing. And I, I looked at her and I said, ghosts? She said, yes, that house has ghosts in it and I don't want to live there anymore. I'm afraid and I want out. So uh, this was a strange case, you know. I don't know how you feel about ghosts and things of that type, but my judgment in that case, which was pretty different from any other case I've ever heard, uh, an unusual uh, was that I would let her break the lease, but she'd have to pay him, instead of paying him for 12 months, she'd pay him just for three months and not more than that, and that uh, she would be able to leave the property anytime she wants to, but she'd owe him for three months. She wasn't too happy, but uh, he wasn't either, and so uh, I would say if I had a real strange case about ghosts in a property, that was it right there. Okay, sounds good. And what is the funniest outcome you've ever had in a case? Well, this one wasn't uh, so funny, but uh, I had a person who was wearing a pacemaker in my court, and uh, we were having court, and he uh, just started screaming I mean, as loud as he could. And I didn't know what to do. I have a bailiff, a person who protects me. He was a, he's a law enforcement officer. And he got surprised because he thought he was having some sort of a fit or some type of, of a reaction to some medication. But his pacemaker uh, had a short, and it was giving him lots of pain. And so we had to call an ambulance and come pick him up, and we uh, sent him off to the doctor. But... Uh, I would say that's not funny, but it was very unusual. The other one is uh, threatened. You know, most judges get threatened sooner or later by some litigant. This threatened one is a little funnier, and it may fit the funny one. It's that I was in court one day, and one of the duties that we have as a judge is to uh, 
remove the driver's license from individuals who shouldn't be driving. But we don't do it just to do it. We need to hear reasons why you want to remove a person's driver's license. So uh, in this case, this was an elderly lady who had been in three fender benders, uh, ran into a tree, and she jumped the curve and then ran into a car. And so I was removing her driver's license. She got real upset. I mean, she stood up from where she was, and she let me have it. All kinds of four-letter words and threatened that, you know, she was going to burn my house down. And, and, and the bailiff, of course, his responsibility is to bring order to the court. And he stood up to go over there and escort her out of the courtroom. But I just said, you know, let her talk. Let her say what she wants to say to me and burn me up, whatever word she wants to use. But I let her, we call it venting. I let her vent uh, because she said, and it's probably true, Sam, you, she said, you take away my driver's license, I can't pick up my medicine, I can't go to the grocery store, I don't have anybody here that can help me with that, and you are just taking my life away because no medicine and no food. And I listened to that, but I still had to remove her driver's license, Sam, only because she may hurt somebody else. You know, she may run into somebody that could be hurt because she shouldn't be driving anymore. But I thought that was a, a funny experience and, and, and sort of a threatening experience that she just let me have it with both barrels. <laughs> How many times have you been reelected? Uh, I would say um, eight times. Eight times. And how long is each term? Four years. I'm in my uh, eighth term now. I just started it, but I'm planning to retire in the next couple of years. How many bailiffs have you had? Yes, I've had both male and female bailiffs. You know, I'd say over the years, I've had maybe half a dozen bailiffs that have been sent to me to protect me during the court. And uh, some have been female, but they're law enforcement officers and are fully qualified to protect me. Uh, the rule is that if someone were to get violent, uh, the first thing they do is protect me first and then take me out of the court and then go toward the person who has become, you know, violent. Were there moments where you felt you couldn't do it again? You know, actually, to be honest, no. I can't think of a moment or a day that uh, I didn't look forward to going to work, Sam. It's a job that I enjoy. People have told me on occasion, uh, when are you going to retire? And my answer has always been the same. I said, you know, I'm going to retire when I wake up one morning and I just don't want to go to work anymore. So um, I, uh, I, right now, I get up every morning and look forward to the day. How long have we known each other? Well, Sam, I, I, I knew your dad very well. Sam Sr. Uh, he was a good man. I respected him. He was very active with the Methodist men and the Methodist church. And I met you when you were about two foot tall. Uh, you were a little boy. And I saw you then, and he introduced me to you. Uh, so I've known you for a good time. So if you want to put it to years, I would say I've known you for what your age is now, minus two. <laughs> I'm 70 years old. There you go. I've known you for 68 years then. <laughs> Are there any parting words you'd like to 
Well, you say this, um, the justice of the peace court is commonly called the people's court. And this is where people can represent themselves and come to court and speak for themselves without an attorney. It's a court where people are given the opportunity to speak their mind and state their case without an attorney. And we do have attorneys. I have a good number of attorneys that represent people, but uh, I like that. And so uh, people that serve at this level uh, as a people's court judge uh, should always keep uh, the person that you listen to in mind of what they have to say to you and how they feel and why they're in court that day, whether either defending themselves or speaking against a party who's hurt them. I'm talking monetarily or some type of damage. It's a good court. It's a simple court. We hear a lot of cases. I'm busy, you know, five days a week, and sometimes I'll take a vacation once in a while, and I go to school every year. All judge, all judges, I don't care what level you're at, uh, have to go to school once a year to keep abreast of changes in the law. We're having ours this year here in Corpus, and so uh, I'll be attending that one. But uh, I would just say to the people that might be listening, just you have a complaint, and it's a small one, go file it in a judge's court in Justice of the Peace. What part of the law do you represent as far as civil trials? I have civil and I have criminal. They're Class C misdemeanors. They're not Murder cases, I don't hear murder cases or, you know, uh, cases that are of a serious nature. Ours is uh, more of a level of uh, someone suing somebody because they ran into their fence, you know, and they want $842 to get their fence fixed. That kind of cases we hear. You mean like Judge Judy hears? Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, You know, my dog, uh, your dog bit my dog. And, you know, we go, okay, let's talk about dogs, you know, and... Those simple but important to the people cases is what I hear. But uh, we have a lot of evictions. Most of my cases that I hear every week are evictions. I set aside a full day, all day long, to hear eviction cases. And so a lot of that's tied to our society and where we are and uh, hardships that people are going through. These hardships... Do you feel for these people? Do you? You know, I do, Sam. Let me let me give you a case where I really felt, and I, I still can't get it out of my mind, um, how I feel. I have feelings about people that come to my court, but I have to uphold what the law says. Several years ago, I had a lady come into my court who was being evicted, and uh, she hadn't paid her rent for three months, uh, going on four. Uh, she had a bandana. And I said, well, she was wearing a bandana. And then I said, uh, you know, what What do you have to say about not paying your rent? And she took the bandana off her head, and she was totally bald. She was had cancer, and she couldn't pay her rent because she was sick of cancer. And the law says I had to evict her. My heart said, no. I can't go by my heart. I have to go by the law. She died about six weeks later. She was sick. Uh, I've never forgotten that. It it touched me so deeply that uh, I carry it with me. But I do abide 
by the law. I have to say I'm, I'm a judge and uh, apply the law to everyone fairly and evenly to everyone. I still remember it like yesterday. But yes, I have a heart, but I abide by the law. Well, thank you, Judge. It's been most interesting and informative as to what goes on in the daily life of a judge. Well, thank you for inviting me, Sam. I appreciate that very much. And thank you to those listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, this is how we do things in Texas. (laughs) 